a celebrity pastor tweet that or something like that. But you, you see that phrase a lot <clears throat> under the guise of Christianity. Now, this doesn't sound very pastorly, but I, I honestly would like to throttle the person that propagates that nonsense, okay? I know that's not very pastorly, not very Christian. I wouldn't throttle it. I'm not in the business of throttling people. I'd get beat up anyway if I tried to throttle someone. But I'd like to simply because that is not true. That is not the truth. You see it all the time, everywhere. God won't give you more than you can handle. That is not true, brothers and sisters. First of all, it's not a scripture, okay? It's a little part of a scripture. It's what I call and what others call a Christian slogan, okay? There's lots of Christian slogans that seem like they might be Christian, but they're actually not when you boil them down. And the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle, it's one of them. It's a Christian slogan that I would actually go so far as to say it's a false Christian slogan. It is simply not true. Now, I'm not saying anything slanderous about the people that say it, and there are a lot of pastors that say it. There are a lot of preachers in churches this morning preaching to congregations, thousands of people strong, saying this very thing. Be encouraged. God won't give you more than you can handle. I'm not going to slander those people, but I am here to tell you that it is not true. All be encouraged, brothers and sisters. God won't let anything overwhelm you. That's what they say. It's meant as some sort of encouragement. You'll be able to handle it. You'll get through this. You got this. You're strong enough. You're smart enough. That This is what is propagated. But, but the slogan, God won't give you more than you can handle, it's simply not true. It's a slogan that conveys this message that, God will not let anything bad happen to you. That's what it makes the hearer believe. That God won't let any of that negative, yucky stuff in life affect you at all. Because God, he wouldn't put you through that. God won't put you through anything that you, it's too much for you to bear. God won't, won't let any of that nasty stuff. He'll block all that nasty stuff and you won't have to deal with any of that. Just say, I believe in Jesus, and God won't give me anything more than I can handle, and all that bad stuff, it will never come into your life, and you'll live happily ever after the rest of your life. It's not true, brothers and sisters. It's not biblical at all. Oh, but, but you are a Christian. Positive things only will happen to you. Just think positively. Not true, brothers and sisters. That is what's called bad theology. That comes from people who either don't know their Bible or they do know it, but they're twisting it for some sort of profit or gain or leverage of some type. It's bad theology. You know, the people that say that, God, God won't let you go through anything that you aren't able to bear. He won't give you anything more than you. The people that propagate that, they even have a, a scripture that they say and believe supports that bad theology. You, you know that, and we should know this, but do you know that it's entirely possible to, to take a scripture or a part of a scripture 
to twist it and manipulate it and make it say ultimately what you want it to say rather than what God is trying to say. You, you know that's very true, right? There's preachers and pastors all over the world that do this and have done this. Even Satan tried to, when he tempted Christ, take scriptures and twist them and contort them. and It's very true. But the verse they use, it's found in 1 Corinthians 10.13. And it says this. It says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God, who is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, do you see right there in the middle, that little part that they pull out of there that says, whoa, here I see that God says God's faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. That means God will never give me anything more than something that I can handle. He'll never put something on my plate that will be overwhelming to me. That's what they say. They take it right out of the middle there. Forget everything before it and forget everything behind it. Just take that partial thing right out of the middle and let's create a whole doctrine on it, brothers and sisters. That's not how the Bible works. That's not how it works. People read that and they say, see, God won't give you anything more than you can handle. See, it says it right there. God won't let anything bad happen to me. Church, that, that slogan, it, it's not only false, it's not grounded in reality. It, it's not Look around you, brothers and sisters. You will observe things happening to people everywhere, whether they say, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, whether they say, I believe in a Bible, or whether they say, I don't believe in a Bible. Things will be happening to all kinds of people. It rains on the just and the unjust. It's not grounded in reality to say, nothing bad will ever happen to me. God will never give me anything that's too tough for me to deal with. That's not grounded in reality. We don't observe that in the real world. Because we live in a cursed world, don't we? We live in a fallen world. Well, let, me, what, what, let me ask you this. What happens when you preach and when you teach, God won't give you anything more than you can handle, and your spouse dies? Well, that's no big deal. No big deal. It doesn't hurt at all. Oh, it's small potatoes. Oh, it's just a breeze. It doesn't hurt. I can handle this. It's foolishness, isn't it? It's complete foolishness. I can handle that easily. Not overwhelming at all. No big deal. I lost my life partner. What, what happens when you believe that God won't give you more than you can handle and someone you love gets into a car wreck or someone you love gets a diagnosed with a horrible disease? No big deal at all. Oh, no big deal. No problem at all. Brothers and sisters, we see it all the time. Surgeries, intensive care units, Rehab, financial problems. The, the truth of the matter is a lot can go wrong in this life and it does not take much to overwhelm us people. It does not. Do you understand? I, I wake up. One of the first things I pray is, thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me be alive. Do you realize how much can go wrong in this life? How one tiny little event can make it all come tumbling down, can, can change your life for, for the rest of your existence. One tiny little incident, someone texting and driving can change your world. One little health issue 
One little blip on the radar can change your entire world for the rest of your existence. What happens to folks when they don't get the health, the wealth, and the prosperity that they were promised from their pastor? You know what it leads to, don't you? It leads to people leaving the faith. That's what it leads to. People turn away. They find out that all those promises of everything being hunky-dory, everything being perfect, everything being wonderful, the nice house with the family and the white picket fence and the vehicles and the bank accounts, they find that that doesn't work sometimes. And they say, well, what that preacher said, what he represented of Christianity, what he told me in the Bible, it ain't true. See you later. I'm gone. I'm out of here. We have seen lots of people, we have seen lots of big-name Christians turn apostate in these last few years, haven't we? You, you pay any attention at all to Christendom, the world of Christianity, you'll see a lot of big-name people who are supposedly these Christian teachers and preachers. Lots of them have turned from the faith. And they've turned a lot of people away from the faith. They leave because they find out that what they were taught isn't true. They were taught God won't give you anything more than you can handle. Then why didn't he heal my mom? Why didn't he give me the job? Why didn't he change my situation? Man, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And God didn't change it all. I lost my loved one. The relationship fell apart. Whatever, you name it. And they say, see, you taught me that and it didn't come true. I'm out of here. Brothers and sisters, the cold, hard truth is that God will indeed allow things to come into your life that you will not be able to bear. He will allow things to pile on you for whatever reason that will suffocate you. He will allow things so weighty that you will swear you're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. You'll swear. That's the only route for you is to collapse and to fold. For whatever reason, God is okay with a universe that allows things to happen that are way beyond our capabilities to handle. I'm not completely sure why, but he's okay with it. He allows it. There will be times, I know no one maybe wants to hear this stuff, but I'm here to tell the truth, okay? There will be times in your life where all you will be able to do is weep. That's it. There will be times in your life where you will not have any answers, only questions. There will be times in your life that all you can do is ask yourself, what went wrong? How did I get here? How, how in the world did this even happen? That's reality. How did this happen? All you'll have is questions. Listen, the, the Christian slogan, God won't give you anything more than you can handle, it is a giant load of garbage. You know, I've talked to folks that have lost their spouse. You know what they told me? They said, Jason, this wasn't part of my plan. It wasn't supposed to be this way. We, we were supposed to enjoy things together. And now look. Now look. 
you know, nobody makes plans. Hey, um, next year, honey, when you unexpectedly die, I think, um, I think I'll upgrade to a cottage-style home. No, no one makes plans like that, do they? No one, hey, um, husband, next year when you're maimed horribly in a car accident, I think we can upgrade to a convertible then. It's foolishness, isn't it? No one makes plans like that. We were supposed to enjoy stuff together. Yet, reality, the world that we live in, slams those things right down on our laps, doesn't it? Slams them right down on our laps out of the blue. For whatever reason in the world, God allows it. We see it and we observe it happening in our reality. God has allowed many of us in here this morning to go through unbearable things. Amen? To go through things where you're like, why? Why me? Why now? God has allowed many of us in here to go through family stuff. Money stuff, health stuff, relationship stuff, unexpected stuff. For some reason, God is okay with it because it happens. Because nothing happens without God's approval, without God's okay, without God's permission. So if something has happened to you, God has allowed it in one way or the other. You know, in a twisted sense of humor. It's, it's almost laughable sometimes. You ever had dumb stuff happen in your life? It's almost laughable. It's like, what in the world? You know, it's almost like you know, you're, you're sitting there comfortably and wham, something lands right on your lap and you're like, okay, God, lesson learned. Thank you, thank you. And then, wham, more piles on. Okay, Lord, you have my attention now. <laughs> okay, Lord, this is enough now. Wham, then more piles on. And you're like, okay, God, no more. That's it. Lesson learned. Whatever you're trying to say, I get it. I can't take any more, Lord. And then more piles on. Has that ever happened to you? And then more piles on. And more and more and more. And, and after a while, you're suffocating under the load. It, it gets to the point where you're completely flat on your back with the weight of the world on your chest. You ever felt that way? I hear some amens out there. It gets difficult to pray, doesn't it? It, it gets difficult to read your Bible, doesn't it? Sometimes it's just a bunch of words, black and white. Doesn't make any sense at times. It gets difficult to control your emotions, doesn't it? It's difficult to be happy and act like nothing's wrong. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing good, man. How about you? Good, good. Everything's great with me. When you're inside, you're like, no, it's all gone wrong, and I can't understand it. I got so many questions, and I don't even have anywhere to turn to get any answers. That's a good preacher right there. Who wants that? Do you disagree with me this morning? Because I'll say, look around you. There's probably somebody in your pew dealing with, there's probably someone sitting two or three people beside you dealing with something unbearable or has dealt with something unbearable or will be dealing with something unbearable. That's the truth. Listen, we live, if you disagree with me this morning, we live in a nation 
full in a world full of people suffering from depression because it's more than they can handle. Life deals us things that are more than we can handle. And we try to handle them and we can't and we end up depressed. Listen, do you disagree with me this morning? We live in a nation that spends billions and billions and billions of dollars on alcohol just trying to self-medicate so that they can cope with the things that are landing on their lap. I looked it up. It's, it's north of $250 billion the United, spend, the United States spends on alcohol per year. Those are a couple years old, those statistics. And they go up every year, by the way. How much we spend on alcohol as a nation. People trying to cope. Just, just let me take the edge off a little bit. If I can just take the edge off a little bit. We live in a nation that spends hundreds of billions of dollars fighting mental health problems. Because it's more than we can bear. Life hands you things sometimes that you don't want. And life says, I don't care if you don't want them, here they are. And there you got it, right in your bosom. Try to get rid of it all you want. Try to self-medicate all you want. It's still there. We live in a nation where the suicide rates are growing. Anxiety rates are growing. Why? It's because life deals us stuff that's beyond us. It's beyond us. Reality doles out situations that are more than we can handle. Reality doles out situations that are unbearable. You know, one of the scriptures that I've been reading lately, and most people have a scripture that speaks to them as like encouraging or whatever. This was not necessarily encouraging, but it speaks so much truth, and I've went back to it so many times. It's Romans 8.22. It says this, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not necessarily an encouraging voice, but it speaks so much truth to me. Because if you are in this world, then there you can see, you should see this weight that's hanging over it. Sometimes it's even hanging over us individually. It's like all of it. If you, you see with your spiritual eyes, everything is groaning. Everything is in pain, which in travail. The weight of the world hangs on you sometimes and all you can do is groan. Oh, God, I, I, this world. The next verse says that we groan within ourselves. You ever done that? You go to pray and, you know, you want to be a good Christian and pray for people and pray for sick people and all you can do is groan within yourself. God does allow things that are more than we can handle. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. <clears throat> he echoes that sentiment in 2 Corinthians. You know, he had been preaching throughout Asia. If you read Acts, you know, the, the, kind of the second half of Acts actually records a lot of the Apostle Paul's journey. Almost like little mission trips, if you would. He would Christianity was growing. It was kind of new. And Apostle Paul would go to all these different churches and preach and teach. And people were being converted. And he would make sure they had good doctrine and, and weren't deviating from the faith. And Acts follows a lot of his journeys. And really, a lot of the epistles 
you can find in Acts from his journeys. You can kind of trace the two. There's links between them. Well, the Apostle Paul, one time he was in Ephesus. Okay, and Ephesus is an is a epicenter where they had this uh, religion where they worshipped this goddess Diana, Artemis. Maybe you can Google it sometime. Actually, the temple of Artemis, you can still visit to this day. It, it's in ruins, but you can still visit the ruins. It was one of the ancient seven wonders of the world, this great big temple to this goddess Diana. And, and here's the Apostle Paul. He's there preaching Christ. People are getting saved and converting from this pagan religion. And there was a man named Demetrius. Okay, you, you can read about all this on your own sometime in Acts chapter 19. There's a man named Demetrius. Demetrius was one of those Diana worshipers, and De Demetrius was like a sculptor. He would make and form these little images of Diana and sell them, and that's how he made his living. And some of his friends did the same thing. They, they made their living by making these false deities, false gods, and sold them, and they made a good living. When, when Demetrius saw Paul and people were converting, Demetrius saw that it was going to harm his lifestyle, was going to harm his wallet, he gathered up some people and they went and rushed on Paul and his men and were going to kill him and gave him a hard way to go. Now, as I said, that's all in Acts chapter 19. You can read about that sometime. But Paul speaks of it in his epistle in 2 Corinthians. Okay, He reflects back on it and he tells us how he felt. He tells us what he went through. Okay, In his epistles, in his epistle to the Corinthians... The Apostle Paul recounts how he felt. Listen. In, in 2 Corinthians 1, he mentions being in tribulation. He mentions being afflicted. Okay? From all that we went through. And then we come to verse 8. In 2 Corinthians 1.8. The Apostle Paul says this. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. See, the Apostle Paul saying, man, they gave us such a hard time. They was going to kill us. I thought we were all dead men. The Apostle Paul says it was above strength. It just means beyond strength. We, we couldn't resist them with human strength. It was beyond us, he says. Insomuch that we despaired even of life. Do you know what it is to despair? To be in despair is an utter loss of hope. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He said, man, we lost all hope. They came after us. We thought we were, we thought we were goners. The, the weight that was upon us, the persecution that we suffered, we lost all hope, the Apostle Paul said. We'd have no hope even. It was beyond strength. Have you ever felt that way, church? Probably almost all of us at some point. Have you ever had to deal with something that took all the joy out of life? Have you ever had to deal with something that filled you with despair? Just sucks all the hope right out of you. And you're like, it's it tough, doesn't it? It's tough. I, I like to call myself a realist. Let's talk about what really happens in our life. Don't give me that. Hey, no, things are fine with me all the time. I ain't never went through any of that stuff. 
Now, let's, let's be real this morning. We felt this way, haven't we? We have felt this way. You know, I've battled with stuff to where I couldn't even pray. So, so frustrated. I can't even pray right. Can't even say things right. I'd asked my dad a while back if he ever been like that, which I know he has. Just wanted to hear what he had to say. He didn't know I was going to quote him this morning when I asked him. And he's, he said to me, he said, son, I've come to my office before. And you all know where his office is over there. Son, I've come to my office before and sat there and just stared at the wall blankly. Got no answers. In despair. And that's just reality that we deal with sometimes. Now, I wish it wasn't so, but that is life. That's real life. If you're a real, true Christian, you're going to get beat up. You are going to get beat up at some point. And you're going to get beat up bad, real bad, to the point where it's, it's going to be tough for you to even get up after taking the beating that life gives you. It can beat you up so bad that it becomes more than you can bear. Now, let's go back to that scripture that they take out of context to support that popular Christian slogan, God won't give you more than you can handle. Let's debunk that real quick. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation... Also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, if we only take that little part right out of the middle, and we get rid of the rest of the whole Bible, then we could maybe say, hey, God won't give us anything that we aren't able to bear. But there's a lot before that. There's a lot after that. There's a lot even in that very own scripture that we'd have to get rid of in front of and behind it to make that statement true. God won't give us anything more than we can bear. You know, the Bible actually says you're cursed if you take anything from this and you add anything to it. You're cursed. All the plagues of the Bible will happen to you, it says. We do have the rest of the Bible that we have to pay attention to. That's how you get good doctrine. That's how you get good theology. You look at all of it. All of it. You don't just build on one little phrase and make that it. No, there's lots in there. But Timothy tells us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All of it. From the beginning, Genesis 1-1, to Revelation. The end of Revelation, it's all there for our doctrine. You cannot take bits and pieces of the ones you like and say, well, I, I just believe in these ones. You know, I, I listened to someone that literally said that not long ago. I was watching this pastor on YouTube or preacher or whatever this fellow was supposed to be. He actually said, man, I just get in there and I take those good ones out of there and I leave the rest of them ones alone. That ain't how it works. Bad theology. Bad theology, brothers and sisters. You can't take the bits and pieces of the ones you like. You either take the whole thing or the whole thing's out of your life. That's how it works. Remember how we always say around here, 
Context, context, context. What is the context in which you are reading? You don't just pull one little phrase out, make it say what you want it to say. You gather all the information around it, and then you see what the Lord is trying to say to you. You know, the, the context of that chapter, if you read the chapter, chapter 10 up until that point, the context in which Paul is writing there, it's actually to warn against backsliding. That's what that verse is in there for, to warn, warn against backsliding and sinfulness. Paul's saying, hey, there's other people that fell into temptations like the ones you guys are facing, and it didn't work out very good for them. You're like, hey, you, you guys better not get, turn into sinful things. That's what the Apostle Paul was doing. The, the, the Apostle Paul, he said, well, hey, there ha- when he says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, he's saying there's other people that are tempted with the things that you're tempted with. It, it's common between all men. You can take a man out of this sanctuary and put him right down here and say, hey, are you tempted with sinful things? Are you tempted with, with, with lust, idolatry, fornication, murmuring? If he's honest, he's going to say yes. And you can go to Siberia and take a man and say, hey, are you tempted with lust, fornication, idolatry, and murmuring? And he, if he's honest, he's going to say yes. Why? Because it's common to man. Don't give me that baloney. Oh, I'm not tempted with this stuff. If you are housed in flesh, you are tempted by sinful things. The Apostle Paul is saying, it's common to all men. Those sins are common to all men. Earlier in the chapter 10, and you you can read all this on your own, the Apostle Paul actually points back to the Exodus. You know, the, the, the children of God were captives for 430 years in Egypt, and, and God brought them out miraculously. Remember with his ten signs and wonders, and he delivered it, brought, brought his people out of bondage. And as they're traveling through the wilderness, the Apostle Paul is reminding these people in the church in Corinth, he's saying, hey, do you remember when God delivered those people and they were traveling through the wilderness and then some of those people turned back to the fornication, to the lust, to the idolatry, to murmuring? Do you remember that? And they were destroyed. Many of them were destroyed. That's the context in which we get this verse. He's saying it didn't work out very well for them. And he's saying, all of us have that stuff in common. We're all susceptible to those things. Verse 10 is saying that all of us, those things that you and I are tempted with, they're common to all men. And when you're tempted with them, it won't be so overwhelming that God won't provide some sort of way of escape for you. That's what it means. It does not mean what the celebrity pastors tell you it means. It's talking about the context of sinfulness. It does not mean God will never let you go through difficult times. It does not mean get saved and everything will be perfect. It does not mean God won't ever allow you to be in a rough situation. No. No, the the context of this verse, it's sinfulness. Apostle Paul saying, hey, all these sins, it's common to all people. But God won't let you be in a situation where you're tempted with sin so bad, he'll make a way of escape for you. That's what it means. You cannot build an empire of prosperity just on that little phrase alone. 
Apostle Paul is actually saying it to get people to say, hey, you better avoid sin. You can take all that stuff that those people say and, and flush it down the toilet where it belongs. Now, hopefully we understand 1 Corinthians 10, 13 at least a little more clear. So next time someone tries to say to you, hey man, God won't give you anything more than you can bear, you can say, hey, um, now my church dealt with that and that's not actually true. You're taking that out of context. One last thing to touch on before we go. This morning, we established that God does allow things in our lives that are more than we can bear. Okay, if we establish that, okay, okay, I concede. God does allow things in our lives more than we can bear. Okay, okay. Then that leads me to say, why? Why would he do that? I mean, you're talking about laying flat on your back with the weight of the world on you. Why would God do that? I thought God loved you and wanted all these good things for you. And, and there are lots of verses in the Bible that says God will bless you and favor you and he'll keep you. And here you're talking about the weight of the world and you're groaning in pain and travail. Why? Why, why would God allow a spouse to die? Why, why would God allow my heart to be ripped out? Why does he allow those things? Why does God allow tragedies to happen? Pastor Joe prayed for one to start our service off this morning. We've seen a terrible tornado rip through states south of us. Why would God allow this to happen to my family? Why would God allow my dreams to be destroyed or unfulfilled? These are difficult questions indeed, brothers and sisters. But I believe the Bible provides some answers. We don't have to grope around in the dark. We got a flashlight right here. Remember when the Apostle Paul, we talked about this earlier, was being threatened by Demetrius and, and his gang and they were coming to kill him and they rushed on him and Apostle Paul was, was saying, man, it was, it was a low point in my life. I thought we were gone. I thought we were dead. You know, he, he said that they even despaired of their lives. Let me read that verse to you again. Apostle Paul says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. You know, when, when Paul says, pressed out of measure, he means under great duress. He means we had such severe pressure on us. It was so much pressure, I couldn't hit, I didn't know what to do. That we, there was so much pressure, it was so much weight on me, that I despaired even of life. I lost all hope. It was such a great burden to me, the Apostle Paul says. But why? Why does God allow us to get to that point? Why can't He rescue us before that? Before things get bad? Before the weight of the world lands on us? Now let's look at the very next verse. Verse 9 says, Apostle Paul again, remember he, he says, We had the sentence of death in ourselves. Apostle Paul said, Man, I'd already considered myself a goner. I knew I was a dead man. Me and uh, my, my crew, my team, we was dead men. We had a sentence of death upon ourselves that we, listen, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. 
who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust he will yet deliver us. That's why God lets you lay there flat on your back with the weight of the world on you. It is so that you have exercised all human abilities, all human strength, everything, every solution that you have, everything that man has to offer, everything that your friend has to offer, maybe even everything that your pastor has to offer, all of that stuff just doesn't work. And you're laying there flat on your back. Why? So that you finally can say, God, I, I can't, can't take this. Lord, this has gotten out of hand. Lord, this is beyond me. Lord, this is, this is more that I can handle. Brothers and sisters, that's one of the reasons why God lets us go through those things. So that we got nowhere else to go but to the foot of the cross. That's it. So that we have nowhere else to turn but to Christ Jesus. Him alone. That's the only hope you got in this world. That's the only hope you got in this situation is this man named Jesus Christ that, the, that I'm telling you about this morning. After we've exhausted all humor, human efforts, God finally gets us to a place where we turn it over to Him. If I could invite the band to make their way back. Listen, God lets us get to that place so that we come to the realization that we no longer have control. Man, I battle. I'm not a control freak, but I'm going to admit to you, I like to try to control things in my life. Who, who here likes a life that's out of control? I don't. I like to try to keep things under control. My finances, my health, the way my home is run, I want to keep it under control. But God lets these things get beyond us and we realize we no longer have control of a situation. And God's the last thing we got. It's the last thing I got, Lord. I got nothing else in my tool pouch, Lord. Nothing else but you. Faith in you. That's all. When God puts us in a situation that's beyond us, He's trying to get us to a place where we finally will say, where we finally will admit, I can't handle this. But you can. I can't, but he can. You can't, but he can. Oh, that's one of the things that gives me hope in Christianity. That I, I serve a God that is transcendent to all this junk we got going on down here on this planet. What a fallen world we live in. It's a fallen world. I can't, God. I can't. But you can. Another verse or so. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, this is Apostle Paul again. And the Lord speaks to him. Says, and, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Apostle Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, sometimes God puts us in those spots and, boy, we're writhing and griping and crying, and we want deliverance, and God's saying, well, actually, this is the perfect situation where I can finally do what I want to do. 
I can finally operate to the capacity that I want to in your life because you're finally weak. You finally took a back seat. Now you let me have control. So I like this situation, God says. God says, uh, I ain't going to deliver you just yet. In the future, I'll deliver you because God is a deliverer. He says, but I'm going to do my thing in this situation. It's exactly what he says. You know, another verse that I love to read. Romans 8, Roman 8, 28. says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. doesn't say all things are good. <laughs> I got a whole big list of things in my life that aren't good. But God says they work together for good. The, the nasty, ugly things in your life, somehow, some way that is beyond me, beyond my capabilities, beyond your capabilities, God is going to work them out ultimately to bring about something good. Amen? Let's stand this morning. I hope that you hear my heart this morning. It's not just my heart. I prayed that God would give me His heart and His mind. So ultimately, I pray that you heard God's heart and you heard God's mind this morning. But if there be anyone in here this morning that is dealing with something that is beyond them, these altars are open. You come down and give it to God. We have men that will pray with you. We have men that are solid men of God. They will put their arm around you. They will pray with you. But these altars are open. We'll, we can anoint you with oil. If something is beyond you, if you're at a point where you're saying, Lord, this is a little much for me, God. You know, when it wasn't so bad, I could handle it. But God, it's gotten to the point where I can't handle it anymore. If that's you, these altars are open. You make your way down and you give it to the Lord. Amen. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way with the rain away. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Who can wipe away the tears from broken dreams and wasted years and tell the past to disappear? Oh. 
let me tell you about my Jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could who could work it all for your good let me tell you about my Jesus he makes a way where there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my Jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my Jesus and love 